Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. My friend, when you start to feel overwhelmed by the devil's attacks, stop. Smile and know that if the devil hates you, then you are doing something right by God. As a child of the king, the devil cannot defeat you. He can only influence you or drive you to give up the fight before it is over. All of his attacks are the actions of a panicked, desperate, defeated foe whose only option is to harass you into giving up or giving in. Know that if he is harassing you, it's only because that you are harassing him more. So take joy in the fact that you are being effective enough in God's kingdom to have caused distress in the enemies. Because there's no greater endorsement under heaven than to be hated by hell. So when all you want is rest, but everything's a mess, your heart is in a press, your head is full of stress, just remember that you are blessed and that all of this attests that your faith being relentless has all of hell in distress. When hell rises against you, remember of whom you serve and walk in peace and assurity that these stormy seas around you and all of the noise of the boisterous wind and waves is nothing less than the sound of demons in distress. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 19 tells us this, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. My friend, you be that standard and stand in uncommon faith that the king over the flood is your Father, Savior, Redeemer, and friend. And that this battle isn't yours. It's the Lord's. And he's never lost a fight yet. Psalms chapter 29 verse 10 tells us this, the Lord sits enthroned over the floods. Because when we talk about the enemy rushing in like a flood, we've got to remember this, that Psalms chapter 29 verse 10 says that the Lord, he sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. So you need to shake off those weights and those lies of the enemy and speak out loud and cast that mountain into the sea because the enemy, he's been bluffing you entirely. Remember that Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says this, What shall we then say of these things? For if God be for us, who can be 
against us. And Isaiah 54 verse 17, that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord, or you of the Lord. Have you received the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus? Then my friend, get it in your spirit and speak forth in faith. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That doesn't mean it won't form, but that means he can't win the fight. If you don't quit, you win. You keep praying, you keep praising, you keep professing. You start speaking to that mountain and cast it into the depths of the sea. You tell the enemy, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not laying down. I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep believing because you're already defeated. So I cast you out of my life, my heart, my home, my church, my family in the mighty, unmatchable, unstoppable name of Jesus. Now, we know that if we are children of God, then we have authority, not by our own ability, but by what Jesus did for us at Calvary. Therefore, ought we to stand boldly and speak and let our mouths be the gate of heaven, no matter how much hell tries to stand against it. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 says, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion." My friend, remember this, that we all have a mandate to go into all of the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everything that has breath. As we read in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the word gospel means good news. So I ask you this, is what you are believing good news? Because what I believe is the good news that the sacrificial blood of Jesus has paved a way for us to go boldly before the throne of grace. As we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the good news that I believe is that the blood of Jesus has already defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. As we read in Revelations 1, verse 18, the good news that I believe is that the blood of Jesus can wash away every sin, every stain, every guilt, and every shame. As we read in 1 John 1, verse 7, the good news that I believe is that at the name of Jesus, every demon trembles in fear. As we read in James chapter 2, verse 19, the good news that I believe is that Jesus not only defeated Satan, but afforded us a way to overcome him ourselves right now here in this very present world, that to anyone who chooses to believe and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then Satan no longer has any hold or authority or rank over them. And that, my friend, is what he doesn't want you to tell the people. He wants to shut your mouth to keep that good news from getting out or to get you so distracted with other battles that don't amount to anything in the end because you're fighting an enemy that's already defeated. He's already judged. My friend, just go tell people that they have been liberated. The scripture tells us that Satan was the prince of this world, John chapter 12, verse 31. 
Therefore were we born under the dictatorship of his harsh and evil rule. However, because of what Christ, the Son of the living God, did for us at Calvary, we can choose to leave that place of servanthood and bondage under Satan's rule and be adopted into the family of God and become joint heirs with Christ Jesus and children of the Most High King. According to Romans 8, chapter 17, you see this battle's already been won. Our liberator has already come. It's our job to go out and tell the others who don't understand, they think they're still in bondage, that they don't have to stay there. They can walk out of it and follow after Jesus. Who wouldn't want to be brought to the understanding of the truth of that good news? So realize this, that Satan is the only one that wants to keep people from hearing the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed, and they're freed from his captivity. According to John chapter 8 verse 36. Therefore, every action, thought, lie, and fear that comes to silence the Christian from praying, from praising, from proclaiming, it comes from that old defeated foe who is fighting a losing battle to keep his oppressed serfs from being told that they've already been liberated. They don't have to keep taking it. By faith, they just have to walk away from it and run to Jesus. So don't be bullied. Don't be deceived. Don't be wearied. Don't be bluffed. And above all, don't be silenced. Because your voice is what Satan fears most. Because faith in Jesus sets the captives free. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. According to Romans chapter 10 verse 27. So yes, Satan will fight. Yes, he will resist. But at best, all that he can do is get you to quit. So don't. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't be silenced. Tell the devil, we win. We already know the end from the beginning. God already wrote it. He already told us it's in the book. And it's going to happen just like he showed us. Revelations chapter 12 verse 11 says, And they, the saints, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb. That's what Jesus did. And by the word of their testimony. And that they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, they were willing to keep speaking no matter what it cost them. Because when they told what happened to them, when they believed the words of Jesus, it validated it. It brought that testimony alive to those around them. And it showed them that the enemy is already defeated. It, that they don't have to stay in bondage to his lies and his pride and his sin and his rebellion. Second Timothy chapter four, verse one says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, resort with all long suffering and doctrine. So my friend, open your mouth, keep speaking, keep praising and praying, keep commanding the enemy, keep casting those mountains into the sea, keep preaching, keep teaching, keep speaking, keep spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus. 
We read in Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 8, a warning and an encouragement. It says, beware lest any man spoil you. That word spoil means disarm. Don't let any person disarm you through philosophy and vain deceit. They'll say a lot of things that will cause you to put down your spiritual weapons and authority. It says, don't let them disarm or spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. My friend, don't trust what a person tells you, even if he's standing in a pulpit. You open the word of God and see what he said himself in the red-lettered words of Jesus. It continues to say, For in Christ dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that God has was manifested in the man Jesus. It says, And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. In other words, he is the Lord of hosts. He is high above, lifted up, magnified, greater in rank and authority than every power and principality. It says, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision that is made without hands in putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We are brought into covenant with him by a circumcision just like those in the time of Abraham only our circumcision is of the heart it is not made with man's hand it cuts away the flesh the selfishness the pride the ambition it causes us to be in unity with the spirit of Christ it says that we are buried with him in baptism that flesh that we once served that we once did our own will we let that die and we are buried and that is represented when we are baptized we go under the water that's who we were dying that old person is gone we are raised up a new creation we have power and authority not by force or by might but by his spirit because we are made a new creation through Christ Jesus sons and daughters of God kings and priests in his kingdom we're buried with him in baptism where also ye were risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh when your flesh was still alive and you were still serving it and let me explain something what they are summing up in the term the flesh is really the mind the will and the emotion what I want what I think what I feel and all that is controlled by it the enemy comes to influence those things that causes us to do that which is not pleasing in the sight of God it's laying down what we think is right our righteousness and taking on the righteousness of God what he says is right empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to walk that out daily as he convicts us and teaches us and leads us by his spirit he says those that are led by his spirit they are his children and if we are his children then we have authority power and might we are joint heirs with Christ this is the good news of the gospel message it says that we when we were dead in sin we were uncircumcised in our flesh 
but Christ hath quickened us together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. Because that he atoned for us with his blood, we can then receive his pure spirit that not only convicts us, but it teaches us and then it empowers and equips us to walk in authority against the enemy. He has already been defeated. Don't let any man disarm you. Take away your weapons of warfare. Take away your rank and position. Jesus paid the highest price to give it to you. Continuing out, it says that he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. The law that said that we were guilty of sin and worthy of death and not able to walk in agreement with his spirit. He took that upon himself and nailed it to the cross and gave us his righteousness. And when he did this, verse 15, it says, and having spoiled, there's that word again, which in the literal translation means disarmed, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly triumphing over them. My friend, this morning started saying, don't let any man disarm you and take away from you the truth that Jesus Christ has already disarmed the enemy. He's a toothless lion. You have authority. You bow down to God and confess your sins to him. Acknowledge them as sins against him and ask for his forgiveness. Repent of them. Choose to walk away. Put them behind you. Say, Lord, I need you to change me today. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me your ways and help me to walk in it. And then you stand in that power and authority and tell the enemy to flee. He's not welcome anymore. He has no more right in you, your house, your family, or your territory. And then you stand and possess the land that you have been given by resisting him. When he tries to come back against you, you remind him, no, you're already disarmed. I've been lifted up into heavenly places with Christ, given all authority as a joint heir in his kingdom. I've been given his rank and authority. You have no more hold on me. I don't have to listen to you anymore. I can walk away from your bondages, your lies, your pride. I've been made a new creature in Christ. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.